Good evening, welcome to another edition of 48 Shades of Football, everyone's favourite English language podcast about the K-League. Uh, I'm joined as always by Paul. Good evening Paul, how are you today? Have you got data to back that up, that we're the favourite? Yes I have indeed. Like fake news. It's not fake news, fake news is when actors pretend that they were assaulted, but anyway, it's not fake news, it's uh, 100% factual, based on the facts I have at my disposal. <laughs> Okay. Um, which are not maybe are, are about as accurate as the facts that you had at your disposal in the last podcast, right? Well, those were um, officially promulgated facts by the K League. Um, they were they were they were not verified by the chief. Uh, so he doesn't agree <laughs> with what we, we said about. He, he he doesn't agree that Suwon has ever played that formation. <laughs> but then he doesn't agree that they actually changed formation at any point in time either during the season. So actually, that that. That segment we did last time out generated quite a bit of interest. I had quite a few follow-up comments about where people could access the report and uh, look into it themselves. I mean, I, I think it was really interesting. I, I, I like to have a look at, you know, the idea that different formations worked. I mean, I, I was a big fan of, you know, talking about how, how well Songnam played at the beginning of last season and how they fell away in the summertime. And I think that could have been because the formation he was playing was not possible in, in, in the heat. I guess we'll find out uh, soon, I guess, with the new season starting in only a couple of weeks. And I must say I enjoyed the blog, part, the blog post that you prepared based on, on that. Yeah, they, they were really popular as well. Um, unfortunately, the, the, the address is down right now and I can't give it. But if you are enjoying previews and countdowns, the key advent is getting a little bit of traction again. We should update that, to be honest. Uh, no, I quite enjoy having the fact that we made these comments in 2016 and before the K-League was invented. And they're all still true now. They're all still true now. Jung is still junging it. Although, we must be, before we get into this week's podcast, congratulations to, to, the, to the man himself, Jung Sung Rung, who has won something like his fourth medal since leaving uh, Blue Wings, or as I call it, his fourth medal. Um, <laughs> as uh, Kawasaki Frontale... Um, I believe, won, won the Japanese Super Cup on Saturday. Yeah, he's, he's who we all aspire to be. It's someone who's hopeless but keeps winning. Interesting, just before we actually do get on to this week's podcast, uh, there's some I, I do oh, want to... Are we not on no, this we week's are podcast? On, on, on the agenda. Yeah. There, there's some I do want to just quickly ask. Um, is During the week, there was uh, some, some posts going up by, I think it's from Tally Rabbit, I think that's what he goes by on Twitter. About uh, queuing? About queuing, about posting, where people post, you know, the coloured tape with their name written on it yeah. to kind of like uh, block their place in the queue. Yeah. So they can just rock up, you know, on the day, take the place with their name and, you know, voila, they stand in the queue. Now, I'm just wondering... Could that ever happen back home? <laughs> Could you imagine a bunch of Neds not running, a bunch of Chavs, Neds, whatever they're called these days, a bunch of Asbos not running around swapping names and tapes and stuff, or just literally stealing the tape? Um, or drawing little drawings <laughs> aside the names? <laughs> that was a visual cue for you there. but um, I think it could work for certain things. Tennis, maybe. Tennis, perhaps. Tennis out in the middle of a fortified compound yeah. <laughs> with security guards watching it. Could it happen at Wednesday? At Wednesday? Yep. Um, well, the reason why it couldn't... Could it 
Nowadays, most things are done online, though. For yeah. For selling tickets. Oh, I want to go into that when we get later on in, into the podcast about how the J League is scooping Korea yet again with their ticket sales as well. But I guess we'll go into that later. Uh, to put it, to give you a very simple answer, I think the fact that for Wednesday <laughs> you don't need to queue up for <laughs> okay. three days in advance. <laughs> but, but if you did, that's a fair enough point, actually. But if you did, I think. We're a society, right? Football fans are a society. I think 90-something percent of people would uphold that, and there's always going to be one or two pricks that go in and ruin it. Thank you for that bleep. Uh, and also, I think in a place like Sheffield, it's not going to be Wednesday fans, of course, having. it's going to be the blunts from down the road. Yeah. Uh, in Manchester, it'll be Scousers coming up and messing about. Or Yeah, I mean, it could never happen at Celtic. That's, that, that's 100%. There's no way. I mean, you would get Rangers fans running and writing RIP against the names and stuff like that, like, um, and a few other things as well, probably, that we can't broadcast even if it was an adult podcast. Um, so, yeah, I, I can never see it happening in Glasgow, but fair play that it can happen in Japan. I hope it never finds its way to Korea. No need, obviously, but if you imagine, you know, let's imagine the FC Seoul got back into the, the, the ACL final uh, against Evergrande again. Was that game a sellout? Uh, Guess not. I, no. and I got a ticket at the, on, on the night. Uh, sat away up in the middle of the gods but I still got a ticket right um, so I can't think a K-League ground would ever sell out maybe maybe a song that I'm ever make the ACL final because it only holds like 18,000 that'll never happen probably not <laughs> I would, I'm probably willing to give you that one okay so obviously we, we talked a little bit there about uh, you know the fact that the season is is almost upon us two weeks until until kickoff. well actually just a week and a half or something now until kickoff, right? You excited? You looking forward to it? Is it is it something that you think um, is going to be um, a good season for FC Seoul? And, and is that why you went all the way back to the eighties and chose the intro of Kit Knight Rider because that's the last time FC Seoul were good? <laughs> Doesn't even make any sense to be honest. Were FC Seoul around in the eighties? In my head, that was really funny <laughs> until it came out. Um, that's not why I chose that intro. Okay, why did you choose it? Uh, obviously, the most famous—I um, don't want to say actor, but the, the most famous character in Knight Rider was Michael Hasselhoff. <laughs> Michael. Susan Sarandon. Michael Hasselhoff. <laughs> I don't know what his name was. David Hasselhoff. David Hasselhoff. The actor, or, or Michael Knight, the the character. So yeah, actually, I was more confused about Michael Redmond than a Nori Bang with his top off. That that's that. I was putting those two things from Baywatch. Um, yeah. So David Hasselhoff, Michael Knight. But that's not the most famous character, obviously. Uh, no, the mo- most famous character is obviously Kit, the talking Kit, car. Talking car. Uh, there's been quite a few kits released in the last week. Yep, some of them have been abysmal, some of them have been worse. <laughs> yeah. Although the uh, the Songnam one was a bit controversial, well, not controversial, but divided opinion. Yeah, when I first looked at it, I thought it was cheap and nasty. Uh, as the Phantom said, the home one looked like uh, a, a kind of non-league referee's kit. Yeah. But it seems to have been regional uh, approval like certain Blue Wings fans certain Australians have said it's like you know the best kit in the K-League are they not not trolling you? I don't think so they've been trolling each other I think Um, do you want to give us a brief description of what it looks like? it looks like a non-league referees kit I just gave you one (laughs) it's it's shades of black right? it's shades of black it's got a there's no collar it's got one of those round things that I don't like Uh, you know the, the kind of round button 
color thing in. You know what I mean? It's colorless, right? Grandad color. Grandad color. That's the one. Grandad color, and it seems to have this white, kind of or lighter black, kind of stripe down down the section down the middle that literally looks like someone has taped two shirts together uh, and used a piece of like Scotch tape to, to kind of down the middle. You keep you kind of hold it. Maybe they have. Maybe they have. <laughs> That's the problem. Reminiscent of those Brisbane Raw numbers the other year. It must. It must be said. Uh, he had. I, I do have a, a, a kind of man crush on him, but using Eder with a, a Amy Winehouse Buffon, whatever that hairstyle was called, right bun, and a moustache was not the best marketing campaign they could possibly have used. And the boy from Martinique just looks confused at the whole idea of why he's even there. So I think the the. The actual marketing poster is not doing it as much justice. The way top is terrible. The way top looks like a t-shirt you would buy in Asda when I was like five. That was a fake football top. Looked okay. It looks nice. It's awful. So will you be buying either? Uh, well, I, I always buy one a season. Yeah. Last year was the away top because it was by far the smartest top in the K League. So this year it needs to be the home top. So I guess I will be procuring myself one on the opening day. There you go. That will be opening day. That might be. Um, what other kits were released? Won't be opening day, obviously, because I've been trying one, but the opening day at Moran. What other what other kits were released this week? Inchon released theirs. Not yep. a whole lot you can do with black and blue. Yep. Um, let's move on from that because I've got a really bad joke in there. Um, Suwon. Suwon FC, the best kit so far. It's gonna. It's like a half and half number, right? One half red, one half blue. One half Inchon, one half Guangzhou Evergrande. Potentially, but I actually really liked it. I thought it was pretty smart. Um, I thought my favourite comment was uh, from someone who said half and half shirts that will fit I'm not going to go into it but yeah um, I think I, I quite like it half and half I think it's they did something different the way top is pretty smart as well the yellow one uh, not much different but yeah no, I, I liked it in other kits uh, let's move on yeah there was one more right so FC still have this fantastic in my opinion I'm not going to slam them for this fantastic idea that they only change one kit every two years not both kits yep. which I think is a great idea yep. not the biggest money maker but still I think it's a great idea for the fans so the home strip is the same yep. which is good uh, for toll fans uh, the away kit is shockingly bad it, well I'm going to say I'm going to give them props because they've not just taken a template and adjusted it they have and not and they've not just tweaked last year's to, to sell more yep I'd agree with that it's as well it's a completely new concept it's nothing like we've really seen before yeah I'd agree with all of those comments it's still honking, honking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with, with like the good parts the bad part is it just looks terrible and again marketing wise part too young at the, at, at the front a man who's only going to wear it for five minutes a week <laughs> do you know what I mean it's like it, it looks like one of those. Looks like a white shirt with one of those nineteen uh, sixties, very slim neckties, right? <laughs> That's what it looks like. It's like a rodeo tie. That's what it's like. It's uh, it's terrible. I mean, yeah, terrible is is being nice. So, so the last away strip, right, that they had was had the the silhouette of the city of Seoul buildings. Was that quite light? On red, which I liked. Ah, so they like that. And I would have bought that, except white doesn't really suit me. Okay. Uh, okay, Jeff. This one's just—I don't know. 
I mean, I don't think anyone's going to buy it. I think you're going to struggle. I mean, I think, I think, I don't no, mean because people don't buy these to wear them; they buy it for for their collection. Yeah, they do, but I mean, the casual fan won't buy it. The casual fan won't buy it, and by the casual, we don't obviously mean the fighting one. We mean like the the kind of casual, like go a couple of games fan, right? Um, I mean, I don't think it's going to make any top ten. Uh, I, I also think that a lot of kits you see them first up and you yeah. think they're terrible but they are, a lot of kits you grow to like or you see them in the flesh and you think oh actually it's not as bad as it was in the flesh and I've, I've seen kits like that in the past where you think oh that looks terrible and then yeah and then you actually see it, it yeah I mean the, th- the thing is they, I think it is bold I mean I, they, we've talked you know every year the J League bring out that horrendous strip right yeah you know, for the, a couple of games or whatever it is, they you know the what thir- the third kit or something. If bring I had out. a horizontal stripe as well, I'd have bought that. <laughs> It'd be like an England flag, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's coming home. Well, that's what it's like. It's coming. Yeah. <laughs> they, they didn't finish off the home part, <laughs> so FC sold they're coming. <laughs> but anyway, so that's the kit's done. Any other? I guess we'll. Well, no, one more kit. Mm. If we were talking about disgusting, honking and terrible, mm. for some reason, John Book took the kit that they released at the end of last season, so that the last game of the season, I think they always bring those out with the last game or something, right? Yeah. So the kit that they re- released then, they've now changed yeah. now to add, it looks like a David Schumacher, what was his name, is like Michael Schumacher, um, like... Formula One top. They've got Michael Schumacher. Michael Schumacher. Got like, why am I getting everyone's name wrong today? They've got like, uh, it's got the six logos on it. And the new, oh, yeah. the new sponsor is an N? N? NS or something? A weird looking thing that doesn't, it looks really out of place. And then they put like a 25 year or 15 year badge on it or something. Yeah. Some commemorative badge. Ah, oh, it's terrible. And again, market employee, why? They used, you don't do I mean, there are some people that you should, you should be using in your marketing and potentially Edon Gook is maybe not one of them but wait, obviously it's quite easy to get players names put on the back of your shirts which play which uh, Chumbuk player do you think fans request the most to have on the back of their shirts Edon Gook probably and which, fan, which player do you think Soul fans request the most Pachu Young I assume so who, who, well, of, of the current crop can you see anyone yeah that is a fair point actually that is a fair point uh, Songnam fans probably uh, either is the I most mean, everyone has their favourite player but yeah. for, for casual fans it's well, I think Songnam launched I think the home kit was launched by Captain uh, Subomin and uh, either and they're probably the two names I see most it's a dis- d- disappointing lack of people walking around with the, the name Carver on their shirt so. yeah there's no Kellys at all <laughs> I'm most, I've been looking for them there's a couple of Marcus but there's no yeah, there's, unfortunately there's no Kellys I, I don't know I'm a I actually I'm not a fan of getting names printed anyway, just be purely because, especially in K-League, but especially in modern football anyway, I, but I in was, K-League especially. I was forced to. But was, in K-League especially. Was, I didn't have any choice. Yeah, I know, but can I finish my sentence? No. But especially in K-League, when players leave, you know, like midway through a season, you know, like there was a guy last year who had Murala on his top like, for a whole six months after they'd gone, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I'm not a fan of getting any name, but I'm really not a fan of getting your own name. I, I've never liked the idea of getting Kelly or something in the back of a, a strip, Celtic strip or, or, or anything like that. I know you had no choice to get Carver on the back of yours, but and if you the ever persuade the choice I had was English letters or Korean letters. And if you ever persuade me to do so foreigners there, what you do? You think you're you're worthy of taking the ceremonial kickoff? 
<laughs> I'm probably the most famous person left. <laughs> I mean, seriously, if you've got a Bulgarian chef, I must be next in line, right? Anyway, uh, next up, I guess so, that was the, the K-League kits. Next, we're going to talk about a little bit is about the ACL. Uh, ACL for Korean teams starts this week, actually starts tomorrow, yep. or today when you're listening to this podcast. Yep. Uh, Ulsan are up against the mighty Perak of Malaysia. Just before we get into that, um, obviously we only know most of the t- other teams in Asia through the Champions League. Uh, one of the ones we do know quite well is Guangzhou Evergrande. Yep. Uh, they somewhat perplexing, perplexingly put out some additional restrictions on themselves over what the the the, the, C, the Chinese Super League requires. Yeah, I saw your, that. Your thoughts on that? So, you want me to go through what they are? Yeah, please, for our listeners at least. So, they're only going to play two foreigners on the pitch at any one time. Um, at least three players from each 18-man squad will be uh, rotated out of the squad for the next game. And then they're going to rate all the players who've played each month, uh, and the two with the lowest rankings are going to be demoted to the reserves for the next month. <laughs> and I understand this is just this is just for Guangzhou; it's not a league-wide. Yeah. Just, um, your thoughts? Ridiculous. Uh, and you've got to hope after a certain John Boot player just made his his mega money move to the Chinese Super League, you've got to hope that no other team follows suit, right? Because surely if Beijing follows suit, then Kim and Jay's not getting a look in, right? Uh, yeah, you'd think so. Um, um, and this this is rumoured to be sort of like political posturing to curry favour. So what I read briefly uh, was that, it, yeah, it's Guangzhou Evergrande are doing it to curry favour with the CFA because they've dominated the league and blah, blah, blah. They're seen as the ones that are responsible for this influx of the foreigners and so on and so forth that they're doing this to yeah, curry, curry favour with sponsors and the CFA it, it itself I think it's crazy I think it's like it's like turkeys voting for Christmas right you've basically said you know that you're going to hamstring yourself when you're selecting a squad and they didn't win they won't the, do it they, they didn't win it. the league last year anyway, no they? they lost it in the last day or two days two games left or something like that right and will they they will not continue for a season they will stop it there's no way they'll do that for a full season. So you're volunteering to do some kind of watch? I am, indeed. C- no. CSL watch? CSL watch. Um, CSL, CSL Evergrande. That's that. I, I, I'll do my reports in the voice of um, David Caruso. Horatio Kane. Okay. <laughs> whenever, whenever I tell you what happens, yeah. Um, but seriously though um, why are you wearing sunglasses by the way <laughs> seriously though um, that's a crazy idea although I do think John Book should implement it immediately <laughs> along with Man City and Celtic <laughs> probably not Celtic but yeah um, it's a crazy idea I mean have they just they, they don't they have like three hugely expensive big name foreigners so they're going to have to rotate them the two that have got the lowest ranking are going to be demoted. When do they get back in the team again? It's been a full month in the reserves. And then hopefully they get back in again. And they're going to play really well after a month. And they're going to play with the bell and to get into the top. That doesn't make any sense, right? So the two who are demoted are probably never going to play again. Because they're not, they're, they're not going to have the highest ranking, you wouldn't imagine. Uh, I'm wondering how they're going to do that. Because let's say the first, the first game of the month, 
someone gets sent off after five minutes for doing really stupid, he's clearly going to get low ranking. Minus 10 points, I guess, yeah. Uh, he's going to be banned for a couple of games. Let's say he's banned for three games, so he doesn't get to play any more games that month. Yep, so then he, he's, in, he's in the reserves for a month. And if that's someone like Paulinho or one of their yeah, it's crazy. massive signings. It's absolutely crazy. It's, it's, not, it's, it's, not, it's a bad idea. In, in theory yeah. it's an even worse idea than practice there's no way it's practical they will not keep going and I give it three months and if they're 20, minute, 20 points clear in the league after three months you're going to eat your words I will indeed you'll do that podcast in your pants uh, again <laughs> so when, like when we do it in my house right <laughs> let's anyway. move on let's swiftly move on ACL ACL. The most recent, the second round of uh, preliminary fixtures was held. Where, yep, where Perak of Malaysia beat Kitchi of Hong Kong on penalties. Uh, did you watch the game? I didn't, but we are about to talk to Mark Harrison, Lost Boyos, yep. uh, who was actually at the game. Uh, he's an intern, well, he was an intern fan, uh, was in Korea for a few years, moved to Vietnam. So in a few minutes, he's going to take us through uh, his ideas of the game and Malaysian football in general. Yep. Uh, talk a little bit about Inchon, uh, Inchon's hopes in the K-League this year as well. Okay, so tonight uh, I'm joined by Mark Harrison, uh, or Lost Boyles, I believe it is, your Twitter handle. Um, yeah. You, you, used to, well, you used to live in Korea, live in Vietnam, now you're in Malaysia. Yeah, that's right, yeah, I was in Korea for a long time, watched a lot of K-League football while I was there, and then two years in Vietnam, and now, now here in, in Kuala Lumpur, yeah. So that probably makes you like the biggest Asian football expert that we've ever had on the show, yeah? <laughs> well, I, do, I mean, you had um, uh, was it Martin Lowe was on recently, wasn't he? He's, he knows his stuff. He's a, well, he uh, does, but he got his predictions wrong, so you know, I'm not, you know, not so sure anymore, yeah. <laughs> so, Mark, it's, it, it's been a long time since the last time I saw you. I mean, I think. The last time that we actually met was at a, a, a rain-soaked tanshan uh, when was. Songnam were, were still in the K1. Um, was it for very much longer after that game? <laughs> it was a very, yes. <laughs> a very forgettable game, actually, wasn't it? It was a, a nil-nil in the rain. Yep. I think and it, it sort of it, it helped Inchon stay up as well. That uh, that point, I think, it was. Uh, well, that was a thing. Another, year, another year when Inchon were hovering around the bottom. Yeah, if I if I remember right, uh, Inchon actually stayed up in the last day by a point uh, when Songnam lost down in the steelyard. Ah, uh, yes. If Songnam had actually won that game that day, then Inchon would have been relegated and Songnam would have stayed up. Yeah. But we didn't know uh, yeah. that at that time. Uh, I think at that time Songnam fans were actually quite happy because we thought that that was going to guarantee that the Blue Wings would get relegated. <laughs> uh, yeah. Lo, lo and behold, they, um, they, they beat us like two weeks later and it was all and it was all downhill from there, yeah? But as you say, you're back now, so... Back, yeah. So that, and that was my first question. I mean, like, you know, you were an intern fan when you were here in, in Korea. Like, do you still keep up to date with the Kaylee? Yeah, yeah, I... Definitely, sort of got uh, you know interns all their, their their social media channels. You know they they're quite active on on Instagram and and things. Um, they, they put a lot of content up. It's quite easy to sort of keep up with comings and goings, new signings, highlights of it of uh, of matches and and things like that. Probably don't follow 
the the league as much as I like did, but yeah, definitely sort of keep an eye on uh, who's at the top and and keep an eye on what Inchon are up to for sure. Well, I mean, who's at the top is pretty easy, I guess, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think it's always a green team. <laughs> but, yeah. But like, what's been like, like since you left, like, what would you say has been like the, the biggest, maybe the biggest surprise or maybe the biggest disappointment? Well, I mean, that I one of the things, yeah, that, that, I, that I was thinking about that was was probably the the dominance of the yeah, the, the green team. It, you know, it's the, the time that I was there in, in Korea they were always up there uh, around the top um, but you know there was always someone challenging them and, and yeah. that seems to have fallen away uh, particularly you know, particularly Seoul I, I lived in Seoul for although I was an Incheon fan I, I used to go along to Seoul game quite a lot because it was quite convenient and uh, I mean to see the, the way that they've fallen away is yeah really really disappointing I think to um yeah, what if I say disappointing? But um, <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely yeah, interesting. <laughs> yeah, well I, well, I guess it, I mean, I guess what I mean is not so much. I guess it doesn't matter who it was who fell, but then no one is, has pushed on and replaced them. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a big thing. I mean, at the beginning of last season, you know, when you looked at the players that the you know the Super One Blue Wings. Um, yeah. Signed. Uh, I mean, you know, Deha and Wagonino. It kind of looked as if they were going to push John yeah. a bit, but they just never. I mean, they never kicked on at all last season. And yeah, I mean, John Book ran away with it. Was that but, three in a row? Yeah, I mean, it, but that's the trend. I mean, I know you want to talk about uh, Johor Darasazim later, and and it's the same here that you know they 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 won the league I think four or five years in a row now. Um, yeah, it's, it seems to be the the trend, I guess. Okay. So that you mentioned Johor there. I mean, you've been, you know, you've watched football in Korea, as you said, you know, you're, uh, Vietnam for a couple of years, now in Kuala Lumpur. Like, what what do you think is the biggest difference between the three leagues? Um, I think Korea is obviously ahead of those other leagues you mentioned, and. I think part of it is the the physicality and the fitness. I think that that because technically they you know they they're good players here. They're good footballers. Uh, Vietnam have obviously been doing really well for the last two years at, in different Asian competitions. Um, um, and I I think in terms of what's going on on the field, it's it's that physicality. It's the it's the fitness. I don't know if the the climate is part of that or. Uh, if it's just sort of uh, you know historic factors, but on the field, I think that off the field, I think there's probably more similarities between them. Um, a lot of the things that, that I know you guys find frustrating about the K League are, are, are repeated in Vietnam. They're repeated here. You know things about the marketing, things about some of the stadiums with the tracks, yeah. um, things you know the even the even the fans, you know, that teams will often start the season with big crowds and maybe they can hang on some of it doing well, but it ultimately, you know, it comes down to that sort of hardcore element that, that sticks with them and that kind of thing. That's all very similar in, in Vietnam and, and here as well. Okay. Do you think, I mean, are, are there any players in the Malaysian League uh, that you think would actually make it in Korea? 
Oof. Probably not at the moment. I think they're a little bit behind, uh, certainly behind Thailand and a bit behind where, where Vietnam are. Um, but you know, they had a good, they had a good AFC U23s last year. They got the finals, lost to Korea actually. It was, quite, I think it was two one close game. I, I know it wasn't uh, the the Korean U23 team at the moment is not. Uh, they're not producing the quality of players they have perhaps in the, in the past. Um, but there's a few players. There, there's two young young forwards at, at JDT, Safawi Rashid and Anaki Rashid. Uh, they're very good players. Um, and it'll be... The problem that young players, young Malaysian players have at JDT is that particularly the attacking players is... Those positions are often filled by the foreign signings. Yeah. But I think um, Safawi Rashid, particularly, he's he's been getting more game time, and it'll be good for those two players, I think, to play in the in the Champions League and get get a bit more exposure on the continent and uh, and come up against better players. And I think that'll be really good for them. So uh, I think the future is good, but I don't think there's there are many players at the moment sort of ready to, to make that step. Okay. So you mentioned there, you know, that you were talking a little bit about the Vietnamese League, you know, and how well, you know, that the kind of Vietnam have been doing. And Sean uh, have signed yet another Vietnamese they have, uh, here, uh, right? That are they're trying to, trying to tap into that, that big Southeast Asian community again down in, uh, <laughs> down in Ansan. Yeah, I no, go ahead, yeah. I think, I think last time the guy got a grand total of like 15 minutes. Yeah, I mean, it was so, I mean, for me, living in Vietnam at the time, it was a little bit embarrassing, you know, they, they, they had that sort of, uh, what was it, Vietnam Day or something, didn't they, and that was the only scarf that he had, and, you know, it was so, uh, so manipulative, I guess, you know, of, of, it, of the whole situation, but... He's a good player. Uh, the, what I hear from from guys I know who go and watch in Sean was just, as I said earlier, the the physical aspect of it was just. I think playing in playing in the centre of the field like he does. You know, he's he's a very good technical player. He keeps the ball moving, but I, he probably had less time on the ball than he was used to, and and he's up against sort of bigger, more physical guys as well. That was that was what I I heard. Okay, do you think this current guy will be any better? I mean, they, do you think he's going to make it? I think he's got more of a chance. Um, so <laughs> they, they both actually spent time in Japan before uh, before Swan Chung went to, um, before he went to Incheon. Um, and Kong Fong, the, the guy they've signed, he was, uh, he's the star of this generation. The, these guys that have, have been together and got to the AFC U23 final, uh, got to the Got through the groups at the Asian Cup. Like he's the the Vietnamese Messi. You know, every every country's got their Messi now. And he's the he's the Vietnamese Messi, and uh, I think yeah, he's a good player. I, I think he'll. I think he if they give him the chance uh, and playing sort of playing off off uh, Mugosa there, I, I think he can be um, he can be. He'll get a few goals and he'll create opportunities. He's a, a good dribbler. He's quite an exciting player. 
you guys will, will have fun watching him if he gets played and uh, he, he likes to throw in the odd dodgy haircut as well <laughs> <laughs> gives you something to talk about. Fantastic. I don't think me and you should be talking about dodgy haircuts, mate, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Not at this time in our lives, anyway, yeah. Um, so, like, I mean, you know, like a lot of neutrals, uh, you know, I've kind of been impressed, you know, by, by the uh, size of of crowds, you know, yeah. at, at Malaysian Games. I mean, you know, at the at the Suzuki Cup, I think, you know, they were standing, you know, in the in the aisleways and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, we also kind of, I mean, you, you mentioned there that teams don't keep the, the large crowds from the beginning of the season, but can kind of overhear that, that we have a, an impression that the games are, are always pretty busy. Um, is there a reason why like, the games or the fans may maybe turn out more to Malaysian games than to K-League games, which are kind of dying a death these days? I mean, yeah, I mean, I was looking actually... Um just sort of looking back at some of the attendances in the K-League and the numbers, they are a bit higher here. I, I was surprised to see. And um, Yeah, I think the national team, like the the last three home games of the, um, the Suzuki Cup, so you had the game against Myanmar that, that got them to the semi-finals and then the home leg against Thailand at the semis and Vietnam in the finals. They were all... Uh, 80,000 plus, you know, it's uh, it was it was great. I was there for the the Myanmar game, and it was phenomenal atmosphere. If anything, uh, I think people expected to be a tight game, and Malaysia coasted, they won three nil, and that seemed to have sort of the atmosphere kind of died off a bit. <laughs> but but I mean, to put it into perspective as well, the first game of it uh, of the the Suzuki Cup. Uh, was a home game against Laos, and there's only 12,000 there for that. So it was you know, the, the success played a big part in it. Mm-hmm. That kind of uh, nationalism with a with a small N, I guess. Um, <laughs> okay. um, but yeah, for sure. Like here, it's the the two cup finals. So there's two domestic cup competitions. Um, there's two stadiums here that have 80,000 plus seats uh, and the one final was in one of them and the other was in and they both more or less sold out they were both uh, certainly both finals were like upwards of 70,000 fans if not more so there's definitely an appetite here and I think it's just about tapping in and and getting them to to come to the, the grounds regularly Okay. I mean, in in Korea, you know, like we have to compete with the baseball. Uh, you know, like <coughs> obviously takes the huge, yeah, yeah. huge amount of fans or huge amount of TV and everything. Um, is it is it the same in in Malaysia? I mean, is there is there a similar idea? It's definitely there's definitely similarities with Korea in that it is a, a multi-sport culture. You know, badminton is big, hockey is big. Um, I, I can't, I don't know how to say it, but Sepatakral, you know, the uh, um, the kind of volley with the, the rat and balls. Yeah. Like that, 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 you see that on TV and, and stuff as well. But football's definitely number one. There's not, uh, it, it's not competing against uh, anything like baseball in like the way it is in, in Japan and Korea, for sure. And do the games appear like... The, 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 the domestic league games are they on TV a lot or is it Shanti or EPL last well yeah they, um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of European football coverage for sure like I've got uh, I've got Astro in my 
at home and you know I've got Premier League there'll be three Premier League games on on a Saturday night uh, yeah. this area are we've just got um, yeah Dutch League there's a lot in there um, but last year I think, I think it was only last year started the Malaysian Super League they've got a deal with a an online partner, iFlix. So it's another subscription service. But I think that's been quite successful. And there's a lot online, you know. It's easy to get match highlights. The the Malaysian Football League's Facebook page and Twitter feed, uh, they they put a lot of, like, short highlights and and goals and things. So it's definitely visible, um, for sure, yeah. So back to the ACL, we're thinking about... um, I mean, how do you think the Malaysian teams will do? So you've got IDT and Parak. You, you, you yeah. at the Parak game last last week, I believe. The game against I watched. Hey, it was uh, it was good. The, uh, it was, uh, Parak were um, so they they had a good year last year. They came second in the league, and uh, they won the Malaysia Cup, which is is technically the the third of the three domestic trophies but I mean, the Malaysian Cup has been around since I, mean, I can't remember if it's in the 20s or the 30s like it's, it's got to be one of Asia's longest running football competitions it's, it's a really big thing um, but it's the FA Cup that gets teams qualification to the ACL and Pahang won that but they failed the AFC licence so, so Pahang got in okay. as the second team um yeah, they had a good season. They they were definitely the better team against Kitchi, uh, and and they deserved to go through. But they made very hard work of it. You know, they were they were they got a goal fairly early on. Kitchi got a man sent off, and they just kind of sat back and I think just tried to play for that one goal that one goal win. And Kitchi equalised late, but then uh, yeah, they they won on penalties. So. Uh, which, as I say, was, was deserved, but um, yeah, hard, made heavy heavy work. So were the locals confident? You know, like before the game started, like were people going there thinking? No. <laughs> I mean, going back to what I said, I guess at the beginning that, that some of the frustrations um, can be quite similar. Actually, this week the Malaysia Football League made a very sensible decision, I think. Uh, so. Parak was supposed to play Kuala Lumpur here in KL on, on Friday night and uh, KL and the other teams in the league agreed to, to allow them to postpone it oh, okay. um, which was yeah I, for me I, I think that's the right decision yeah. I, I saw uh, one sort of local fan sort of complaining on Twitter saying you know no you know this should only be done in exceptional circumstances unforeseen circumstances and one of the replies was well this was unforeseen they weren't supposed to win yeah. so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think with home advantage it, it was it was fairly even but obviously Kitchi have been in, in the group stage in recent years yeah. um, so they, they had a bit more experience in the competition but um, yeah I think home advantage helped Perak out there do you think they'll have any chance against Ulsan? It's going to be tough, you know. This this playoff round it favours the home team. So, like, even when it's Korean teams against Japanese teams or Chinese teams, Australian teams, the, it's not often that the, the away team goes through. And uh, it's been a particular sort of graveyard of Southeast Asian teams. I remember a couple of years ago, was it Chamburi from Thailand lost? 
9-0 to one of the Tokyo teams. Yeah. And, uh, it, was, it was three or four years ago, Hanoi came to Seoul and lost 7-0. Yeah. So it's that. not that. <laughs> I think it was that game, actually, if I remember right. I think it was actually, it was freezing. I remember being there. The, well, I think I saw you sharing... Uh, the, the game from last year, the very, <coughs> excuse me, the very snowy game in Suwon, that yeah. was, I think, 5-1 or something, wasn't it? So it? Southeast Asian teams haven't fared very well at this stage, and uh, uh, Ulsan looked like they've, they've had a decent off-season in terms of recruitment, and I think it'll be tough for them. Okay. So, obviously, Jai uh, DT are, are, are straight into the, the group stage. And the, yeah. I, I think I'm right in saying it's their first time ever being in the group stages. They've, they've actually been knocked out the last four or five years in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. They've obviously, I mean, strangely enough, they're paired against Gyeongnam, but still only two yeah. teams in the yeah? who, who, are, who are also in their, in their first ever ACL campaign. Um, they, do you think Malaysian fans would have rather... They've been paired against uh, an FC Seoul, a, you know, a John Book, a, a Suwon Blue Wings, where they might have seen a Dehan or an Adriano come into town? No, I, I, I mean, I think DDT are, uh, um, they're a very impressive club. They, they're very, um, very well run. I mean, just take a look at their, their social media. Like, they, they upset a lot of people because they're, they're the best team in Malaysia have been for a while and they're not they're not embarrassed to to say they are okay. <laughs> um, so they do upset fans of other teams with that kind of thing but no I, I don't think they they care who they got they're they're very happy to be there they're looking forward to it and I think from the sort of wider Malaysian football perspective it's probably a good thing that they're not playing a, a Jambuk a, a Guangzhou kind of team just yet, you know, they, they, they might have a chance to pick up a few points, especially at home, and, and that's only going to sort of benefit Malaysian teams in the next few years of, of keeping that ACL automatic spot and, and that kind of thing. Okay. So, I mean, where do you think realistically, I mean, we don't know who the other teams are, obviously, but yeah. I mean, you've got to imagine, you know, that realistically, like, where do you think they can, they can finish in that group? I, I think it'll be tough to get out of the group, um, but I mean, if you look at sort of what Buriram have done in the last few years in the group stage, uh, you know they are well and they they've obviously reached a couple of knockout rounds as well, and their home form has been really key to that. Um, and I think that they, that's what they'll be looking to do this time. I would guess is is get get a few points at home, get the experience. Um, and maybe you know, come back next year because they they'll probably win the the Malaysia Super League again this year. Um, and also, well, yeah. Speaking of Buriram, they signed uh, Diogo, the the Brazilian striker, who is he's got a decent record in the competition, scored uh, I think six in fourteen okay. in Brazilian. I think I saw. Um, so they've got a bit of experience there as well. They signed a new centre back this season. I, I haven't actually seen them play yet this season. Um, but the, the centre back they've signed has just come from Lazio. Uh, they signed uh, Saul. You know Saul, the uh, Atletico Madrid and Spain midfielder. They've signed his brother. Um, so he's got top flight experience in Spain. He's played for Rangers. So you know they they 
they've made some good signings and as I say the last few years they've been swallowing up the, the best local talent as well so they they're going to have a good, good go at it they, they've been talking about this for a while and sort of how proud they are to be in there and yeah I think uh, I think they might might, might be a, a tough place to come and they do get good crowds and it's, mm-hmm. it's a noisy stadium it's, um, the, the Gyeongnam game in Johor is actually on my birthday so I'm, <laughs> I'm, hoping, uh, I'm hoping to be there for that one and looking forward to it okay, so, uh, who do you think is the kind of team to watch in, in terms of this side of Asia I mean you know like the, who do you think yeah. so you know is it I mean with all the money that John Book have invested again mm. but you know the new manager you know is it? A, do you think John McEnroe team he was? Do you think you know Grand Rio Grande are due a decent runner? Jango being our Japanese team, like what do you think? I, I mean, I definitely think John Book for sure. They, I mean, they like JDT. I guess they've spent a lot of this off season hovering up local talent. Um, one thing that, that sort of surprised me, actually going back right to the beginning about Incheon, was a lot of the uh, a lot of the foreigners who watch the K League are really down on Moon Sun Min, but I, I really like him. I love him. <laughs> I, I, I think he's a fantastic player. I love the guy. Yeah. I love the contact and, uh, dance. <laughs> I, I absolutely love it. I mean, it's like for me, it's something different, you know, as opposed to the rookies praying and all that stuff. Yeah. But I I I think I think that they. You think they're going to look at, be looking at, you know, the the, the end of the, the East, you know, getting to that semi-final. Um, Shanghai SPG, I think, could be the other one because they've obviously they've got that that core of foreign players, kind of similar, I guess, to to FC Seoul when they had their good runs. You know, they had uh, Molina, Dayan, Adi. Um, I can't remember who the fourth one was but like they were there for a while and, and I think it's the same with, with Shanghai Oscar Hulk um, uh, the Uzbek guy I can't remember his Ahmedov is it like they they've got that core of foreigners that that have been together a couple of years they've obviously lost um, Boulay to the Spanish league but um, yeah I think I think Jungbook and, and Shanghai but there's some yeah some interesting players as well from the I guess you never know with the Japanese teams and the Aussie teams. They, yeah. they don't take it as seriously, do they? But uh, I can't remember which team it was. It, one of the Japanese teams has signed uh, Leandro Damiao, and it wasn't that long ago he was Brazil's number nine. So, okay. yeah. Okay. And Kei Honda, of course, as well. Of course, yeah, yeah. Of course. It's his first first year in the ACL. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I mean, briefly back on to the K-League. Um, the, what are your feelings on on Incheon? Because I mean, you've lost Munson Min, you know, like uh, Aguilar has has gone to Jeju. Obviously, yeah. Magosa has stayed. The other guy, I always forget his name. Benoza has been made captain. Benoza, right? yeah, yeah. vice captain. Well, yeah. right? Been there a while now, hasn't he? Benoza. I mean, do you and, think yeah, Jay, You obviously know Namjoon Jay because he sort of flitted back and forth between Incheon and Sangnam for a yeah, while. Yeah. Yeah. He's another one I really like. Um, I think um, the, the biggest difference I can see in the Incheon now from the Incheon ICC is, is this, the goals. Like Incheon were always the lowest scorers in the league, or you know, the, the one of the two or three lowest scorers. Um, and last year they they couldn't stop scoring. The problem seems to be the other end. Yeah. Um, and obviously Mogosa was a big part of that. So. It, they've kept him uh, I think Kong Fong will be a, 
he's a he's a different player to Aguilar, but you know he he does bring creativity. He does take people on. So I think they've got a a replacement there. Perhaps not. We'll see how quickly he beds in. Um, I would like to think this year now that that um, Jorn Anderson's had. A, you know, he's had that half a season. He kept them up fairly comfortably in the end, I guess. Yeah. Um, to get used to things that, that at least relegation is not going to be uh, as big a threat this year. I think that would be the that that would be the optimistic thing. I mean, I guess below the below the two Hyundai teams and Suwon. The top, the other top three spots in the the championship half are, are up for grabs. I think. Well, I mean, that was my next question. I mean, obviously, John are going to win the title. Uh, good imagine Ulsan looking to be second. Uh, who do you think will make up this uh, rest of the top four? I mean, like you mentioned, Blue Wings. Do you think you'll see a, a resurgence from Seoul, or um, I mean, can can Gyeongnam repeat the fluke twice? Like, what do you uh, think? Well, I mean, yeah, they they. They've obviously signed uh, Jordan Much, but you know, he's, a, he's yeah. a decent player. He, he could he could do well. Um, and I saw they were linked with someone else recently. There was another foreigner that was well known. I can't remember who it was now. Yeah, I guess for them it's going to be uh, at least in this early part how seriously they take the the Asian Champions League as well. It, it will it will have an effect on them. You know, it's. It's a six, seven hour flight to to Kuala Lumpur from yeah. from there. Who knows where else they might end up going. Um, so I think it'll be tough for them, but uh, I don't know on that for, on the fourth one. As I say, I think it's it's kind of up for grabs. You think it'll be strong now? <laughs> <laughs> All we want to do is finish above Inchon. I saw you were quite down on your kits. I thought they were quite. I thought they looked nice. Yeah, I mean, they I just they be talked about that every fall as well. I mean, I, they, when I first saw them, I thought they were terrible, but everyone else seems to actually like them. So I guess I guess I'll wait and see what happens with that one. <laughs> Again, I guess well, the final question, Martin. You might see um, that that sort of Umbro template that's being used. I, I you you Perak used that as well and. Uh, the home is yellow and the away is um, uh, the third is white so they might end up in in Songnam black against Ulsan so there's a there's a reason to cheer for them over over Ulsan sounds good enough sounds good enough that sounds perfect (laughs) for me perfect yeah so my final question then is just kind of you know one that's very close to my heart Uh, (laughs) um, why do you think Song Young Men is so poor in a Korean national shirt (laughs) (laughs) I'm I mean, well, I, I, my first response, I guess, is, is he really that bad? Um, I guess there is a drop-off for sure. Um, I was actually at, I saw his first three goals for the national team in Korea, because his first was in the 2011 Asian Cup, wasn't it? But the, he was scoring against Qatar, and he scored two in Incheon against Haiti. I was there for all of those. Okay. So, kind of looking back at what he's done since since then. I mean, I'm. Some people may have, have gathered from my accent that I'm from Wales, and I was kind of thinking of it in the Welsh context, you know, because we've we've had this of like Premier League superstar, European superstar, and, and we've kind of seen both sides of the coin, you know. We had Ryan Giggs who just couldn't. 
couldn't do it and I guess it was a similar situation to um, to some you know the, the pressure of putting on the national team shirt and everybody um, everybody expecting you to carry the team yeah. didn't it didn't work for him um, it's not a, a it's not a perfect comparison because obviously he was playing against teams like Italy and and Germany and things and they could just mark him but um, but then as I say we've had the flip side with Gareth Bale who has been unbelievable for Wales you know and he just loves coming putting on the national team jersey um, you know he comes to games when he's injured and will just sit on the bench yeah but, uh, so that's I, I don't know to be honest I I guess yeah the that expectation is is hard to live with and it's uh yeah tough <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh, the, the final thing uh, obviously is what we like to do with our guests is we like to have them choose either the intro or the outro uh, mm-hmm. you've s- selected to choose uh, something for for the outro which is Dakota by Stereophonics yeah can you give us your reasons why uh, well I mean yeah I've just been contextualising Korean football in uh, or using Welsh football to contextualise the, the Son Hung Min mystery and uh, they're not everybody's favourite Welsh band but they're, they're definitely mine uh, and I, I did once play five-a-side football with their, their former drummer so we're Football connection as well. That is that is a fantastic claim of fame, Mark. Absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Mate, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, yeah, we'll talk to you again. Uh, maybe uh, you know, like, see how 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 JTT do. Uh, and yeah, yeah uh, good luck against Ilsan in, in the next couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. Okay. Go have a good one. Take care. Uh, that, that was Mark. You know, he he was at as I said earlier, he he was at the Parat game. Uh, it was interesting to hear his his ideas to you know, Malaysian league, Malaysian fans, and, all, and also, I mean, I guess more importantly, or not more importantly, but, you know, really interesting to hear his, his take on, on the, Vietnam, the Vietnamese boy who's just signed for Inchon, uh, and whether or not he's going to be uh, a success or even play, I guess. So, I guess this week sees Ulsan face Perak. Um, how do you think it's going to go? I mean... They've had a couple of games, <coughs> I believe. You know, like Ulsan have just been playing friendlies, right? Obviously, um, I don't I haven't seen their scores. I don't know how they've been doing in their friendlies. They've just signed a sole player, so I think they're gonna win handsomely. Okay, will you go? <laughs> <laughs> no. no. Okay. It's it's what is. Two and a half hours by train plus 30, 45 minutes by bus when you get there. I mean, this is the problem, right, with this year's ACL. I mean, like, John Book, uh, Gyeongnam, Daegu, Osan, nothing for the, the casual, uh, neutral fan to, to get to easily. Daegu is probably the easiest one, right? Which I guess, as I said earlier, in last week's podcast, uh, or in the last episode, I'm going to try and get down to Daegu's opening group game, if possible. Yep. Okay, so I mean, obviously we'll get more into the actual ACL, the nuts and you know bolts of the ACL group stages once these playoffs are, are all done and dusted. But three other games in the in the east. Do you want predictions? Yep, go through them. Shandong Lunong versus Hanoi TNT. Home win. San Freche Hiroshima versus Chiang Rai United. Home win. Kashima Antlers versus Newcastle Jets. Home win. 
So four home wins it is. Four home wins, I think, yeah. I think I got one... I think I got two protections right last week. Last week? Yeah. What did you say last week? I think week? I said Kitchi would beat Parak, and, and they didn't. But I think I got the home wins right. Uh, Changrai to beat Yangon. You did. Newcastle to beat Pasida Jakarta. I did. And then Bangkok versus Hanoi. I said... Oh, I got two right. Yeah, I got three right. I said Hanoi would beat Bangkok. Who's going to listen back? <laughs> Nobody, right? Nobody. Nobody. Okay. So is there much more else to go through then? Oh, yes. Yes. Talk about... I wanted to mention a little bit about J-League. Um, anything that you want to cover before we get into J-League? Um, I want to talk about our e-magazine, which is going to be launched in two weeks' time. It is indeed. Uh, we've all been feverishly writing articles. Uh, and you've been cobbling it all together into one slick uh, publication. Yep, I have. The hardest part is we find photographs that are... Are uploadable, but yes, we hope to have it out uh, in time for the opening game of the season, if not for the first week of the season anyway. Don't, don't give yourself <laughs> leeway. You'll be reading it. You'll be reading it on the way to the match. You, I, I will be. I'll oh. definitely will be because I'm the one cobbling it together. I'll be definitely reading it on the way to the match. I'm not sure anyone else will, but yeah, yeah, it should be up and out there by March first for everyone to read uh, wherever they're going if they're going to any games we'll give you more details through both our blog and Twitter feed over the next couple of days weeks so through 48 Shades we've conquered radio we've been on TV obviously we've got our podcast uh, kind of got the blog yep we have a blog and now we're doing uh, print publishing yep so it won't be printed <laughs> it won't be printed but you can print it if you want what, what's next what's next what's left what is what is left? It's, it's the global domination is the only thing left. Uh, we'll soon be dominate. We'll soon be dictating kickoff times for the K League, based based around based on our subscription service. <laughs> okay, but anyway, back on it. The final thing I want to talk about then is J League. I want to ask your opinion on something. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So J League for this season. I not. I don't know if it's for this season. Yeah. To be honest, but I just read it, so I know it's happening this season. Uh, are selling tickets, J-League tickets, in, I guess, the Japanese equivalent of 7-Eleven, CU, Family Mart, that kind of thing. Okay. So you can go in and buy your ticket for a J-League game yep. in a convenience store. Yes. As opposed to having to go to to just to the uh, ground, I guess, to, to buy it. Or Interpark, which is a car wreck at times, yeah. Yeah. Uh, good idea, bad idea? Behind the times. Behind the times. I don't know if you know this, but... I think Keely did it a long, long time ago, right? You I don't know if you still can, but you certainly used to be able to buy FC Seoul GS. tickets in GS. Yeah, but this is, like, I think, from where I can gather, this is league-wide. League-wide, so I can, I think. I can walk into... Uh, which, which, which chain was it? Any chain? I think it's, I think it's 7-Eleven. So I can walk That's into 7-Eleven and say, give me a ticket for any, any J1, J2 match? That seems to be what I read online. I'm not, I haven't confirmed it, but that's what I seem. Uh, that's what I read. We're talking about you can go in and buy J League tickets. I know, I know you could do it in GS for for, for, for FC Seoul tickets. That I did know. Um, assuming there's going to be lots of tape on the on the pavement outside <laughs> 7-Eleven. But so I guess the idea is that you could, for example, get KTX down to Changwon, come out Changwon, go to your GS in Changwon, and buy your ticket, as opposed to having to go and risk. The queue. I, I mean, I'm guessing it's because J League has but queues. Surely you'd do that. You'd buy it in the, the, the GS25 at Seoul Station while you're waiting for the train. 
Yeah, or, or like, why yeah. Would you, why would you do it when you get down there? But I'm just saying that's an example, right? Yeah. Is that you would buy it, uh, and I guess this is why they're doing it, is because there are huge queues at G League games. I mean, there's not that many Korean games that you actually really have to stand in a snaking queue, other than the opening game. Opening game at FC Seoul a few years ago, uh, there was a huge queue because they, the season ticket gathering was a car wreck. I remember. Um, so it has happened in the past, but uh, I think that was actually, if I'm right in saying that, that was FC Tokyo in the ACL, right? It was the first game, first uh, home game or something, right? Yeah, it was, I think it was Chumbuk. I can't, I can't remember. I, I remember being in the queue. Uh, it was like a huge queue. But that's very rare that you actually see that, right? Um, so I guess the idea is that J League has these. Yeah. Large queues, so maybe you it's a huge queues at FC Seoul, but nowadays you can pretty much just rock up. Yeah, I mean, you can rock up pretty much anywhere. I mean, first game of the season aside, even even at Moran, like when I go down for the Seoul game, uh, there'll be a queue because people will be picking up their season tickets, getting them, getting the boxes. Well, where am I going? Because it's the first game back at Moran. But but this is like, uh, I think. Uh, in Korea, it'd be probably more hassle than it's worth because you walk into your random GS25 and say, "Give me a ticket for FC Seoul versus Elan," and again, the, the kid behind the cashier desk can look at you and go, "What?" Yeah. Although I think for getting FC Seoul tickets, you you actually got it from a machine within the GS. Okay. Maybe the cash machines are there. Yeah. There. I mean, I, th- I think it's an idea, but probably one that's not needed in in Korea, right? I, I know when I go to maybe the different baseball. When I when I go to get international tickets from the Hanna Bank, quite often the teller will go, "What? What are you talking about?" Yeah. And then they ask something. Oh, we do sell football tickets here. And then they get out their manual and go through it stage by stage. That's the key behind it, right? Yeah. Because they sponsor, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Okay. Anything else? Oh yeah. One other thing. Um, in there's a bar I think also in Japan that is doing a Songnam cocktail. Yeah. And it's called. Uh, Macaulay for Songnam or something. Yeah. Uh, obviously based on the fact that Songnam used to have links to McCool, the that really weird horrendous soft drink. Um, we put it on Twitter yesterday. If you were to name a cocktail, or if you were to have a cocktail named after your team, home, home and away, as in you know here or you know back home. If it's Wednesday, Celtic, City, Barnsley, did, did, have they still got a team? I don't know. Um, but, you know, um, what would it be called and why? So if anyone wants to put an answer, you can put it on our Twitter or you can email us 48shades uh, at gmail.com. Yeah? Maybe we, sh- we should require all teams' entries in the Prediction League to be a, 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 a suitably themed cocktail. That is too late. Everybody needs to change their name, but that's what we should have done, yeah? Uh, talking Prediction League. I may just call mine Kaylee Kilt on the Beach. In fact, I'm going to change my name straight after this to Kaylee Kilt on the Beach. It's uh, up and running. It is up and running. Although, I th- have you done have you done your predictions yet? No, not, not yet. Have you, I even looked at the games yet. It just occurred to me that actually one of the bonus questions I might not have put any put any answers in yet, or I might need to change them. Okay. One, one of the bonus questions was of the incoming foreign players, which of them will be punted come the split? Okay. And obviously, when I wrote the question before, we didn't actually know how many new come new incoming players there are okay so I don't know if I've well okay I'll, I'll check but it but the Prediction League is up and running if you think you can do better than the Reverend and Modern Soul 
then please get get logged on. Uh, last year was proven that the only person that could do better than those two was me. As long as Mother So has a baby again. <laughs> and is otherwise distracted. Um, but yeah, well done. You did win it. Uh, I did come fourth. Good eye. Two to the 48 shades, boys, having fantastic predictions. We should maybe run it out in a blog somewhere. Um, I guess we'll cover it a bit more next week when we've got some time. Yep, definitely. Because uh, there's a bit of, few changes to the game this year. Okay, so Hopefully I guess we'll... need to make it a bit more fun, a bit more competitive. Okay, so I guess we'll go over there next week. Uh, and I guess all that's left to say is, as always, when we have a guest on, we have them choose uh, either the intro or the outro. You chose the intro. It was Knight Rider theme tune. Are you implying I'm a guest? No. This week's guest was Mark Harrison, and he has chosen... Drinking back